Welcome to Exploring Sacred Spaces, a Pardes mini-podcast series featuring the Maggid of Melbourne, Rabbi Dr. Levy Cooper. Throughout this series, the Maggid of Melbourne will be taking us on an exploration of synagogue architecture and what makes physical space fit for sacred action. And now, here's the Maggid of Melbourne himself, Levy Cooper. This is Levy Cooper coming to you from Tsur Hadassah. A couple of days ago, we suddenly realized that the interior design of our shul here in Tsur Hadassah does not have a ner tamid, an eternal light. And we asked the uh, interior designer what happened to the eternal light, the ner tamid, and she said to us, whenever she builds and plans a synagogue, she never includes a ner tamid. And we were really shocked. Uh, the head of our committee immediately turned to me and said, you know, do we need to have an Ere Tamid? Is this the custom? What should we do? Well, on one hand, the answer is quite easy in our case because it's been donated in someone's honor and therefore we will definitely have a Ner Tamid, an eternal light, because that's the communal responsibility that we've taken upon ourselves. But what is the halacha? Must the synagogue have a ner tamid? What's the source of this idea of having an eternal light? If we have a look at the book of Exodus, chapter 27, verse 20, that's in Parshat Tetzaveh, Chaf Zayin Chaf, you will command the children of Israel, the commandment to take pure oil, in order to light the wicks, tamid. So if we notice, it doesn't say ner tamid, the verse says, Laha'alot ner, in order to light a candle, when? Tamid. So Tamid describes the timing, not the type of ner, not the type of candle. And indeed, the commentators discuss what does it mean to light a candle? Tamid. Does that mean that the candle needs to be lit the whole time, or does it mean that it needs to be relit regularly? Is this a particular candle? But as we can automatically can see, there isn't a notion of having an eternal light in a Beit Knesset. That doesn't appear not in the Mishnah, not in the Talmud, not in any of the Midrashim. And in fact, the later decisors wrote that the earliest source for a Ner Tamid is in a book known as the Kolbo. Um, that's a book from the medieval period. We don't know who wrote the Kolbo. There's been a number of suggestions. Is this the Rivash or is it Rav Aaron HaKohen from Lunil? Or maybe it was a uh, wise woman who wrote the book anonymously. The book was first printed in Napoli, in 1490, and then it was printed again in 
Kushtandina, Constantinople in 1519. So this book is printed very early, even though we don't know who actually wrote it. And what does the Kolbor say? The Kolbor says that people have the custom to light a candle in the synagogue before people come in to pray. And the Kolbo explains what the reason might be. And he says, It appears in my eyes, What's the reason for this custom? It's because the Shekhinah, the divine presence, comes to the synagogue before ten people gather for prayer. And that's why we need to light the candle before the Minyan arrives. Furthermore, that's what they did in the temple. So the Kolbo brings two explanations for having a candle in the synagogue. The first explanation is as a symbol of the divine presence that comes to the synagogue before we arrive for prayers. And the second reason is to mimic the temple service, which included lighting a candle every morning. And just like in the temple, they lit a candle every morning. Similarly, in a Beit Knesset, we light a candle. So we can see that people did use to light candles. It's actually an interesting proof that we of how we know that people lit candles in synagogues. And that actually comes from the Karaites. In a document that was found in the Cairo Gniza, uh, the Karaites um, discuss lighting candles in a synagogue and they felt that this was going against the commandment of God because it's only a synagogue, it's not the Beit HaMikdash, and they acknowledge that it's the Rabbaniim, the rabbinic Jews, who light candles. This is not a Karite custom. See, here we have external testimony for, of the custom of lighting candles. But if we note in the Kolbor, and even in this passage from the Karites, the term Ner Tamid doesn't appear. So it's a little bit of a mystery where this custom actually comes from. And it would appear that it's a rather late custom. If we fast forward to the Hasidic period, Rav Nachman of Breslov, in his work, Sefer Hamidot, which was transcribed by his student, Rav Natan Sternhartz of Nemirov, he writes, Bizchut ner tamid hadalkim b'shemen zayit, in the merit of the eternal light that burns with olive oil, we are saved from a forced conversion, from a decree of forced conversion. So that's a lovely skula, a lovely charm, but hardly the source for having a, an eternal light. And it's not even so clear if he, if Rav Nachman was emphasizing the eternal aspect of the light or the shemen zayt or the fact that the light was lit with uh, with olive oil. You know, in days gone by, the ner tamid 
would have been a candle in an open flame. And we can imagine that that would have been extremely dangerous to be left lit, burning. And in our days, we can already use electric lights for a Nair Tamid. They are far safer. And they also remind us of the opinion of Rav Yosef Messas, who was born in Meknes in 1892 and passed away in Haifa in 1974. And in 1935, when he was still living in Morocco, he wrote that in the third temple, which when it will be built, they will certainly use a menorah, a candelabra, that will not use candles, wicks, olive oil, but will use electricity. And that's what Rav Yosef Massas wrote to a colleague in Tunis, and he wrote that it's Pashut Barur, it is clear, because if they had electric light at the time when the temple was standing, they certainly would have used it, because it doesn't make sense, it's incongruous that we would fill our private homes with electric light, which is such a fantastic thing, and yet in the house of God will light with shemen zayit, with olive oil, whereas writing in 1935, Rav Yosef Messas says, even poor people try to avoid olive oil, and therefore, ufashut shemimenu nadlik bavait acharon, and therefore it's obvious that in the last home, last house of God, the third temple, we will light candles with with uh, electricity. Amen. May it be built speedily in our days. Amen. So if we light a ner tamid with electricity in our synagogues in a way, we are, we are also fulfilling the 1935 responsum of Rav Yosef Massas, who saw that that would be the future. Maybe even the next stage is not just to use regular electricity, but we can even use a Nair Tamid that is hooked up to solar energy so we can also help the environment. So I must admit, my dear friends, I haven't found a source for this lovely custom of having a Nair Tamid, an eternal light, in the Beit Knesset. In general, the sages praised candles and spoke about their importance. And in one passage, the sages say that God says to humans, if you light my light, then I will illuminate your life. And with that, we conclude this series with a prayer that our synagogues, our Batei Midrash, should illuminate our surroundings, our lives, our neighborhoods, our communities. And may the Almighty illuminate our faces, our existence, for the good of Torah, for the good of our people, and for all of humanity. That's all for now. Until the next time, 
to the Beit Midrash. Thank you for joining us for Exploring Sacred Spaces, a Pardes podcast production featuring the Maggid of Melbourne, Levi Cooper. If you like what you just heard, please give us a five-star review wherever you download your podcasts. Follow us on your favorite streaming platform or subscribe to our newsletter to receive Pardes Torah direct to your inbox. Thanks for listening.